Dr. Insulara, the TMJ and Sleep Center is a very unique place that takes a unique look at things. And I've never seen anything like it. Uh, the passion that's there and the experience and the desire to educate the patient on what they're going through and stuff like that. And I think that radiates from you. So my curiosity is, how did you get to this point? Going to college to become a dentist, how did you become so passionate about what you're doing right now? Uh, I went to college not to be a dentist, but just because of science. I, I, I enjoyed science. Uh, and I just got hooked into dentistry, working in a hospital, actually. I worked uh, seven years in a uh, hospital being a venipuncturist and analyzing blood. And, and, and I did that for seven years to, you know, to pay for school and, and whatever. And, uh, and there was a guy there that was in dental school and he got me turned on to dentistry. And that's kind of how that happened. So dentistry is an art form, but it's also, it's a science, but it's an art form. But the dentistry in dental school doesn't really apply to what we do with the TMJ Center. You look at dentistry from a different camera angle than most people do. Well, dentistry, the way we look at it is, well, the whole deal behind TMJ is muscle. Okay, so it's all muscle. TMJ is a muscle disease. And I had no realization of it because that never, you know, that never got taught in dental school. Okay, in 1981, I had a lecture in Atlantic City, excuse me. And I remember going before that lecture, the oral surgeon who was, uh, you know, an acquaintance of mine said, you're going to a TMJ lecture. That's a lot of voodoo. And I was like, well, I want to know what it's about. So I'm going. So when I went there, these two doctors, one was Dr. Harold Gelb. Another one was Dr. Robert Ricketts, both very prominent um, dentists at the time. And they were espousing uh, TMJ. But they were espousing scoliosis in spines that when the bites changed, so did the spines uh, for the better. And that totally blew me away because I had no idea about the association between your bite and your posture or spines. So um, that intrigued me, but I also was totally lost because we never learned any of this stuff. So there began the journey of learning, trying to figure this out, trying to see what these guys know and can I even get approach that kind of stuff. So it became humble. It was humble enough, but I also had a desire to want to know. And that led me to a lot of different places, a lot of traveling, a lot of uh, thought processes and introspection as to what we need to know. And the distillation of that lecture from 1981 is where I am today. So, and that's what I'd like to share. That was your route that changed the trajectory. It sure did because, uh, you know, dentistry is teeth, fillings, crowns, root canals, things like this. This is not what this is about. This is about muscle dysfunction and the disconnect between what I'm talking about and what the population and, the, and everyone else doesn't get is that when you have muscle dysfunction because the jaw, you know, everybody knows TMJ, jaw position, we get it. But the jaw position simply means if it's in the wrong place, then the muscles attached to this jaw are in the wrong place. But that's 5,000 times a day. And what does that play on the whole posture? And, and that's really the key. The 5,000 times yeah. a day, that was my light bulb moment the first time I had a consultation with you. I was like, whoa, you, you, I, you I, think about how much you use your elbows, your knees, things absolutely. like that. And your jaw, you're using all the time. And you talked about, you know, obstructed airway and jaw position. And just if all of that is not right and that isn't working right. Then all you need to do is pick up a Gray's Anatomy book and, and look at what, what these muscles look like and where they attach 
because they don't end in your jaw. So your jaw muscles, for instance, are supplying or actually keeping this bone right in right in the front. You, you might call it an Adam's apple area. Uh, it's called the hyoid bone. It's suspended with 20 muscles. If those muscles are dysfunctioning, 20 muscles, which are in your jaw dysfunctioning, it's going to create hyoid malposition. And hyoid malposition leads to collapse of airway, leads to swallow dysfunctions, speaking, breathing, you name it. And that's 5,000 times a day. So when you have that dysfunction, it brings the head forward. That's the real kicker. And I've done this now for a long time and practiced exactly what I'm talking about, at least 35 years with this, with records. And I can tell you that when your jaw's in the wrong place, but at age five, you have a forward head posture. No exceptions. At age five, when you have a forward head posture, it's not symmetrically forward it's forward on an angle. So one shoulder's ahead of the other. There's no exceptions to that. And when one shoulder is ahead of the other, that means one hip is higher. And when one hip is higher, it means one leg is shorter. There's your start. You know, you put all the records together and you're like, well, this is incredible. Uh, TMJ at age five is a whole body muscle disease. And I didn't make any of this up. This is all about the mentors that I've followed and, and that stood upon their shoulders. One in particular, his name is Rene Caillé. He's an MD. He was a center of rehab at the University of Southern California. He's written a lot of books. And I I actually lectured with him in 1997 at the American Back Society in San Francisco. And we lectured on the same thing, the thoracic outlet. And I lectured on how TMJ created the collapse of the cervical vertebrae. He was talking about the symptomology into the into the body. But he said, I mean, I've got direct quotes that I can give you. But he said, basically, the body follows the head. You cannot change posture and head position unless you get the head over the spine. Well, let's work it backwards. You can't get the head over the spine if you're dysfunctioning 5,000 times a day into your neck, shoulders, and back from your jaw. So it really goes back to, you know, you just have to keep following it backwards. And that's where all this led. The last, think about 1981, the last 40 years, the distillation of 40 years is what I'm talking about right now. And that's what led to the creation of the TMJ and Sleep Center here in Middleton. Yes, because I knew that general dentistry and TMJ really don't mix. And if you're you're going to do that, then there should be days allotted to just neuromuscular. Well, I do it neuromuscularly, which I can explain. So TMJ and and general, they just don't mix. You, you need to be totally focused on what you're doing. So I knew then at some point I was going to have to devote my time. At some point, I mean, this took time. All this is taking time. I'm talking about the last 40 years. And I I was out east and I I definitely wanted to, to change locale. I just And there was a friend of mine that uh, we were taking courses together and we decided to choose Madison as the position or the place to uh, open an office. Totally cold. Nobody knew us. Wow. Yeah. What year was that? I guess I got here in 96, 97. Okay. So I've been here, you know, 24 years. Almost your 25th anniversary. <laughs> yeah, I know. I wanted to play that up a little bit because it is. It's, it'll be 25 years yeah, you, in, we, in Madison. That should definitely be celebrated. That's yeah. an accomplishment. I'm a patient of yours. And uh, one of the things that I admire is you seem to be a, a constant student of your craft. You still educate and study and examine everything. One of the things I hear you say all the time is, oh, that's interesting. And you can start to see you thinking about sure. something that even you're seeing in my x-rays or things like that. Sure. Is that just natural to you to be a a nonstop student? It's kind of like creativity. It's kind of like being a detective, uh, a forensics, if you will. That just simply means that you measure, okay? And and you want to find out why is it causing this or or what's causing this? Where's the source of this? And too many times when you use meds or you do uh, surgeries or you do things that don't get to the source, you're not, I don't think you're really helping the person. Uh, I mean, you are in a way if they're in pain. I get it. But the point is you're not curing. And, and what we want to get to is, is to the, the, the cure process. And I've had many people uh, tell me 
that they appreciate what I do because I'm treating them kind of whole body, okay? Because if I can get the head over the spine, the posture will follow. So I do work with PTs, physical therapists. Um, we can work with chiros. Um, they're, they're specialized to a certain in, in treatment later on, but uh, the PTs. Uh, and, and there's different ways to work with posture. But the key to working this is getting the right range of motion for muscles. That's what they need. And they need consistency in that. And if we can do both, that's how it works the consistency part. And I tell this, I'm totally upfront with this. And I tell the patients, this is a journey. It's not always comfortable because it's a transition journey, but it's a journey that you'll be, the muscles are changing because they've been in the wrong place. If you think about it since age five. So when I see like even yourself, I mean, think about your muscles have been in the wrong place since age five. So (laughs) we have to measure you the ability that we have to measure muscle is why I can effectively say that if you follow the protocol, you know, your symptoms should be gone. So. And it becomes visual. You literally can see it in the x-rays and the and analysis you, that you do. Right. And you can see it in the computer scans. What we use is a neuromuscular computer. Again, I didn't design this. I didn't invent this. It's, it's, it's actually 53 years old and it's ADA, FDA certified to measure muscle. If I didn't have that computer, I, I wouldn't have this office. Well, and that's where the whole people say saying it's voodoo kind of goes out the window for me. The first time I met with you, I was like, well, wait a minute. I can see a before and an after here, and it's clear and visible. There's there's no voodoo here. Right. And, and what we're measuring is EMGs. It's electromyography. Electromyography is muscle tonicity. So we're effectively measuring muscle tonicity instantaneously. And if you think about it, measuring muscle, whether I just tell the patients, well, your muscle's either happy or not happy, okay? When it's not happy you're going to pay for it. We can see those things on these scans. So it makes it much easier to find out where is the position that the jaw wants to be based on the muscle happiness or unhappiness, whatever you want to call it. We want to make muscle happy. So we want to create a position in three-dimensional intra intraoral in the mouth space that will effectively do that. 